it's time for Monday Night Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Featuring the News Gazette media sports writers, Matt Daniels, Bob Osmussen, and Scott Ritchie. Delivering the latest insights on the Illini and more. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Now, here are the News Gazette media sports writers and your host, Steve Kelly. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Monday Night Sports Talk. We are on location at Scotty's Brew House, 2001 South Neal Street in Champaign. Phone line is open, 356-9397. We're here until 6 o'clock. We'll be here again next Monday as well. Matt Daniels, sports editor of the News Gazette. Scott Ritchie, Bob Osmussen with us. Gentlemen, how you all doing? Good. Great. Must be, uh, must be time for football season to start since we're back here at Scotty's. Love coming here. I think there's, what, 61 TVs here, and I'll try to pay attention to what you guys are saying as I watch throughout uh, here at this, this great establishment here in Champaign. Did you count the TVs? No, but I've been here before, and that's always <laughs> been a, a promo that they've done, so I think it's 61. It might be 62. It's definitely more than 50, so we'll, yes. go, we'll, <laughs> we'll go with that for sure. Yeah, a good place to watch all the Illini games coming up in uh, less than two weeks now. Scott Ritchie, though, some... Uh, some bad, uh, disappointing news, not surprising, with the injury uh, last week to uh, uh, Mr. Beeson, uh, uh, Marquez Beeson, and uh, so he's going to be out for the season. Yeah, he uh, hasn't had surgery yet, but that is yeah, in his future. I think he probably just let the swelling go down in his knee a little bit, do a little prehab you know, before the surgery, so maybe he can get back a little sooner. Uh, but uh, it's a blow for Illinois. Uh, certainly he was – one of their top recruits in the 2019 class had already, you know, figured into the depth chart as a backup at cornerback, was pushing Nate Hobbs and Quan Martin, and now uh, he'll have to put a hold on his Illinois career for a year, and then, uh, you know, Levy Smith said, you'll have the surgery, and then you'll hopefully come back stronger than ever. Certainly that was a blow at a, at a position that I think is stronger than it has been, but didn't have much depth. Yeah, I mean, you look at the, the two starters, Nate Hobbs and Quan Martin, you know, two you know, guys that, although Quan is just a sophomore, proven you know, at this point already that they've played you know, quite a bit of Big Ten football. Um, after that, they just they have two other scholarship cornerbacks healthy right now, um, and Nick Walker and then Devin Witherspoon, who you – know, No one knew about it. Yeah, he ago. didn't commit until July 29th and you know, got to camp uh, in progress and was still working you know, to get on the field, but – he is now a backup cornerback, uh, you know, unless you know, some of the other injured guys that are they're out but not out for the season you know, get back like uh, Dylan Wyatt or even another freshman than Joseph Thompson who hasn't you know, practiced at all so far. There was expectation that Marquez Beeson would play two positions this year. So not only do you lose him in corner, but you lose the hope or prospect of him playing a receiver too so I would think down in the road now he will not ever do that probably or certainly be limited he'll be a corner first and maybe maybe a tiny bit receiver as recovers but right now that's not going to happen for a long time he might have been a kick return guy too definitely and he's a guy that like Scott said really talented kid ready to play what's going to help a lot this year uh, and he was really a, that's a huge blow for this team. Honestly. We've got a couple of guys sitting with us that we can maybe talk 
to getting back into uniform. <laughs> DBs, and DBs. Helping, helping the depth. These, uh, these are the starting safeties of a Rose Bowl team. Right, this, they know. Kevin Mitchell, Justin Harrison with us. Kevin, good to see you. How you doing? Hey, I'm doing well. Uh, thank you for having me back on. It's always a pleasure. Uh, like we talked about, it's the start of another football season. Uh, I know at our office we are very excited. And, uh, you know, we're just going to take this thing one day at a time. Have you had a chance to see much practice yet? Uh, not really. I got to see the first one um, and then the first padded practice, which really you can't really tell too much. Um, but I was talking to a couple of people. You just you should just see there is a difference, you know, even from the flow of practice and folks really being where they need to be. And just there's an added um, athleticism piece that we haven't seen in a while, which definitely excites me. Justin Harrison out of Bloomington, Illinois, originally, right? That's correct. Living in Champaign now. Get us up to date on what you're doing. I'm uh, working in the automotive industry, uh, working in dealerships here in town around central Illinois as well. So on a day-to-day -day basis, uh, going in and helping develop accounts, helping develop dealerships. How closely do you follow Illinois football? Um, close. It's always a fraternity that we're part of, speaking with guys, former players, uh, guys that played before me, guys that played after me. So it's a constant uh, text message thread, constant group chat. A lot of it's a joking around, but it's also the hope, hopeful um, coming into the new year, hoping that we get to that bowl game, hoping that the guys go out and have the success that we always uh, wanted them to have. You guys went from two win seasons, I think, both of your juniors, sophomore juniors, two wins each year. How did it go from two to nine? And what, what, what was the kind of a key ingredient to the whole thing happening? I think a big key ingredient was the attitude change. You know, a lot of guys came through and we had to develop, we had to mature, we had to get older. But the thing that really switched was when the guys that had been here, the new guys that were coming in, we all had the same mentality. And a lot of came that from Lou's philosophy of getting your mind right every single day, feeling willing to accept the challenge, knowing that it's never going to be easy, it's going to be difficult every day, but when you come into the room or you step onto the field, you know that that's the goal at hand. You know that the guy next to you has the same mentality. And then you start to attack from all aspects. I know on defense, I can definitely, and you tell me if you agree to this, but um, that year before on defense, we definitely, there was a change. Right. You were um, closer, right? Yeah. And, and it was visible for everybody to see, not just us on the field, but also the fans, um, you know, with close games, Penn State, Ohio State, right. the Wisconsin. I mean, there was definitely visible signs that we were on the right track. Obviously, a, a win is a win and a loss is a loss, but at the same time, there was more value in that, and that really propelled us into that offseason and to really then gel with the offense, continue to push them, and while that was going to make us better, it was going to make them better as well. Sure. Justin, when, when you have a guy like a Marquez Beeson on this year's team or, or any uh, – team in the past just when they go down with an injury in camp just what does that do for the rest of their teammates at all and just the the mental side of things I think it's uh it's two-faced because you have the brotherhood always hoping that you have the best guys out there always wanting the best for it but also being able to recognize that the game's still coming so whoever that next guy is you got to be ready you got to step up you know I got hurt uh in camp Rantoul uh other guys that were in the defensive secondary got hurt as well but it was always a matter of Everybody in the room, I think we had 27 DBs at one point. Everybody in the room has to be paying attention. Everybody in the room has to be taking the mental reps because you never know when your opportunity is going to come. And that's something that when you have a younger team, it's a learning phase. When you have leadership, everybody has to be aware that at all points you could be thrown in the game and you have to be just as prepared as the guy that's been planning for the whole week to start. Do you miss Camp Rantoul? I don't. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Uh, I, you know, I, I, I'm 
thankful that the guys now don't have to experience it. It's something that, you know, we dreaded. Even it was a tradition, but no one was excited about the tradition. So I think that these guys, you know, definitely are benefiting from not being able to go out, not having to go out there, uh, being able to be on campus to get in that flow earlier in the summer, get ready for the season and not have to make the adjustments just from a location standpoint. I think you and Bob are going to have to have an argument after. I kind of feel I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I love Rantoul. Well, it's because I like the food there. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. well, did he have to practice in it? Yeah, that, no, see, I did not. Right. I had watch practice. Same thing. thing. Yeah. You know, yes. there's, there's an aspect of, you know, with the new facilities, the facilities we had were great. But there's a little bit of a change when you're out there in the uh, jumbo cold tub, not even a cold tub, <laughs> just an ice bath. With, you know, the, Nothing but the grass last guy, he, he didn't else. take a shower before he got in. The next guy's <laughs> waiting for you to get out. It's a little different. I never wanted to know those. Yeah, I think that would have been a good idea. Well, this offseason, I think the one thing that seemed to have a lot of former uh, Illini pretty excited was Lou Hernandez coming yeah. back. Is what I mean – Having experienced what body by Lou is, just what do you, what, what can he bring, you know, back to the program? I mean, man, I was so excited. I think there were so many people excited about this hire because what he brings to the table is just a new mindset. I mean, uh, you know, his philosophy is just getting bigger, bigger, faster, stronger every day. And I tell people all the time, just with his discipline alone, him fixing the little things will get you a one or two wins right there, you know. And, I mean, you talk about just excitement, especially from former student athletes talking about coming back and being a part. And the biggest thing is we always talk about joining the fight, whether that's your time, talents, or treasures, is joining the fight how you can. And so we're super excited about hires like that that also then lead to others coming back and wanting to be a part of this thing because it takes a village. Monday Night Sports Talk, we're at Scotty's Brewhouse, South Neal Street in Champaign. The voice you just heard was Kevin Mitchell. Justin Harrison is with us as well. Justin, you uh, got us up to date on what you're doing now, but take us back to when you left the U of I, what you got into, and uh, then how you got to where you are now. Well, I came back uh, under Zook's coaching tree, uh, started in the weight room with Lou, um, and being able to build that relationship. One of the things that we had coming in under Ron Turner's recruiting class we, did, we had to transition to Coach Zook and his staff. So when I came back, that was something that was very easy for me to do is the players they went out and recruited, being able to connect with that one guy who maybe has to get the learning curve, who's going to be dealing with being homesick, who's going to be dealing with the adjustments of campus life, and making that a little easier transition. So although being in the weight room with Lou was a great aspect of it, it was also the one-on-one relationships, the player development part of it as well. So I did that and got into college coaching, uh, coached football for eight years, and then got into the automotive field. Do you miss coaching or do you know yet? Well, I don't miss coaching because of the day-to-day <laughs> aspects of having a six-year-old son. And uh, he started flag football. We were undefeated last year, so that aspect of coaching is still there. But it's really just the day-to-day. The things that you instill in a football player are the same things that you instill in your son and your ch- kids. So that's the day-to-day aspect for what I'm doing today. Kevin, did you ever think about coaching? Well, I did for quite a few years, actually. Uh, when I graduated, uh, Mike Loxley, he hired me to work uh, being a graduate assistant with him uh, in UNM, so University of Mexico, for three. And then actually Lou Hernandez, when he joined Fedora uh, with North Carolina staff, he called me and, and offered me my first full-time position as well to work with him. And so then I was fortunate to be with the Houston Texans for a couple of years as a scout. So 
you know, coaching. I loved it for a minute, but, man, I love having a life now. That's why I'm back here and excited. And, you know, it's one of those things I tell people all the time. I'm very blessed and fortunate because that actually set up my work ethic and, you know, how to grind when I need to grind, how to wake up, how to be on time. But now uh, I just take those and I transfer them, those skills to what I'm doing now. Now you're working with Josh Whitman and yes. Howard Milton. Let's talk a little bit about uh, your day-to-day activities and your, the main part of your job. Well, big part, I was actually just talking about uh, the iFund a second ago and different parking things. But my day-to-day, I, I love it because I get to um, talk and be around folks who bleed orange and blue like myself. And you know who have the passion and want this place to succeed, and I, I it's 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 fun for me. And when when it's fun to wake up and go to work and you enjoy it, then you're doing something right. Um, so I'm very excited and fortunate because I get to learn from Howard Milton and Josh Whitman on a day-to-day basis. Both of you guys, one of your one of your former uh, coaches, Mike Loxley, assistant coach, is now the head coach at Maryland, and then obviously Ron Zook got hired as an analyst at Maryland. How do you envision that relationship going with Loxley being the boss and Zook having to answer uh, actually to shot Loxley. Coach Zook a text message the other day, said congratulations, getting the gang together. And uh, he was excited about it, but also uh, knowing the two and knowing their relationships is definitely going to be fun. If there was any program that I could do a college hard knocks or <laughs> a up close look, yeah. that would definitely be uh, one to put under a microscope because they're going to have a great time, but there's going to be days where they kind of flip-flop those relationships. I think that – uh, Coach Zook's definitely going to be an asset to the university, to the football program, to the development of the players there, and um, also just going to be that voice in Coach Loxley's ear that sometimes he may need. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's one of those things you can't say too much. You might be listening. But, uh, no, um, I, it's going to be an interesting dynamic. I think it's, it's one of those things they're going to have some success. Um, I mean, you talk about just uh, brilliant minds of the game. Um, and then on top of that, I could also see it being a mentor, mentee, all that type of thing, you know, if I was putting myself in that position. Uh, but, I mean, you talk about two great minds just trying to you know, make a program better. I see that happening. You always figured Mike Loxley would get another chance, right? New Mexico was kind of an aberration. That wasn't him. Mm-hmm. You agree that he was going to get this opportunity somewhere? Uh, well, I thought so. Uh, right. Well, actually, I knew so. Um, okay. Unfortunately, with New Mexico, you know, as a young coach, we were dealing with so many different things. And, you know, obviously could have went differently, especially if you went a little bit more, right. um, which is understandable. But at the same time, we knew – um, that he would get another opportunity. And it's all about growth, just like all of us in any type of position that we're in. Um, and it's just baby steps, right? And you just always, I, I call it strategic intent. What are you doing today to set up the future? And that's what he was doing. He was just setting everything up and correcting from mistakes, just like all of us, and then just moving on. Justin Harrison, if you look back at your career, there's got to be a few highlights in there. Give me a couple of those. We mentioned the Rose Bowl. That's got to be one, I'm sure. Well, absolutely. The Rose Bowl was an enjoyable experience, but I think the biggest highlight was the path to get there, um, the relationships that we built, the struggles that we went through. I definitely remember there was a time uh, in the Rantoul before the Rose Bowl where defensively we all had the same mentality, where we knew that we had been through enough, but we kind of put our foot down. It wasn't about winning games. We just knew we weren't going to lose games anymore. So the, the path to the Rose Bowl was – Definitely uh, more enjoyable than the actual experience of the Rose Bowl. The same aspect, um, going out to Ohio State, um, the, the games against Wisconsin, you know, going against the challenge of what's P.J. Hill going to do this week. 
He's going to be out because we're going to put him out. That's basically <laughs> step up to those challenges is something that uh, you know we talk about constantly. We see games uh, we that are on the Big Ten Network. We always get a text message saying, you know, you guys remember this, and those are things that you'll never forget. How many times have you watched the Ohio State game? I've never really watched it back. One of the things for me is I remember it as a player. So you're never going to be able to watch game film again. You can watch it, and it's interesting to hear the other side of what the commentators are saying or what they thought was happening or the missed assignment where it wasn't my fault, but they said it was. <laughs> so those are things that you kind of care to turn the volume down and enjoy the game from a different uh, aspect of it. First play of the game? Was it second, the long, deep ball? Second where play of the game. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to call any names with the corner that's NFL. Uh, he, he didn't get the call, so I had to, had to cover for him a little bit when I made the tackle and uh, oh, we were able to pull that game off. There was some shouting there at uh, the sidelines, if I remember, remember right. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Some shouting, yeah, some finger point a little bit <laughs> well we, we, we yeah. tried to stay away from the finger pointing but i may have shot an elbow or a glance that way let them know that we weren't going to be doing that for the remainder of the game right we'll let you guys go here in a minute or two but uh, your thoughts on what's <laughs> happening now with your alma mater's football team lovey smith heading into year four how you feeling yeah. about it kevin you know what i'm excited um like i said it's it's growth i've continued to see growth um are we where we want to be yet no but are we getting there i believe so um, I just I feel it. Obviously, I'm very optimistic every year. Don't get me wrong. But at the same time, I think coach is really putting things in, in, in order. And, and I mean, even it starts with recruiting. Um, now we continue to get guys, um, you know, slowly but surely and and really, you know, really bring this thing together. So I'm excited. I, I really believe that we can turn some heads this year, but we just have to say injury-free, obviously that's easier said than done. Uh, but at the same time, we just have to kind of continue to gel together and continue to put blocks in place. You know, turning a football program around is a lot more difficult than basketball where you can get two or three guys to get that turned around pretty quickly. But in football, Justin, you need to stack recruiting classes on top of each other, especially from a, a depth standpoint, don't you? Absolutely. Um, coming in, you know, that's something that I think University of Illinois always is a challenge. Going up to Chicago, locking that down, going downstate, making sure you're getting the right people, right personalities. Um, also going out of state, it's always, a, it's always a challenge. But that's something that I think our coaching staff has done a great job with, going out and making sure they're getting the right guys. And that was one of the things that Lovey talked about when he initially came in, is making sure that University of Illinois has University of Illinois kind of guys. Guys that are going to bleed orange and blue. Guys that are going to be passionate about it. Guys that are always going to accept the challenge, step up to the challenge, and be the same guy off the field that you are on the field. Kevin, we'll let you give the uh, phone number if you like. If people <laughs> people want to well, talk you know, to you, you off the air. They can well, do that. Hey, I tell you this much. All right, I'll end it with this. If you guys need, if anyone needs anything as far as support and just you know any information about the program, like really do. Uh, give us a call. Um, look me up, Kevin Mitchell. <laughs> but at the same time, we're here for everybody. Um, and, and so we just definitely want to be there for everyone. If there are questions or need any tickets or would like to give to the iFund, <laughs> let me know. Kevin Mitchell, Justin Harrison. Nice Thanks, guys. guys. We appreciate it. Thanks, Thanks for having us. Appreciate, appreciate it. it. Need to take a break here as we hit the bottom of the hour. WDWS Champaign-Urbana. You're listening to Monday Night Sports Talk. We're at Scotty's Brewhouse on South Neal Street. We're back with more in just a moment. Monday Night Sports Talk continues from Scotty's Brew House on South Neal Street in Champaign. If you're on your way home, stop by. We're going to 
give uh, some lucky person here a chance to win four uh, tickets to our pregame uh, tailgate tent for the first game against Akron coming up a week from Saturday. This is a great place to watch Illini games. As we mentioned, more than 50 large screen TVs on hand here at Scotty's Brewhouse. The site of the News Gazette People's Choice Award for the best wings in Champaign-Urbana. So if you're a wingman or a woman, stop by Scotty's Brewhouse. Talk some Illinois football. The phone line is open, 356-9397. Many thanks to uh, Kevin Mitchell and Justin Harrison for stopping by and visiting with us. So, Bob, you ready? Uh, we're inside of two weeks to I'm, kick off. I'm way past ready. In fact, there's games this weekend, week zero, which I love. There, I think Arizona plays against somebody in Miami, Miami Florida. Florida. Yeah. Pretty good game. It's a big one. So, two uh, top 25 teams. I think Miami, Miami, they were close. So, yeah, good games this weekend. So, I, yeah, I'm excited. I love the Thursday games going in the first week, too, which is a bunch of them. Uh, big Ten has three or four of those. Thursday, Friday game. So I, I think, yeah, I'm looking for it. I'm ready. So, Scott, have, have your ideas or your thoughts about this team changed much since a week ago when we talked? We mentioned the Beeson surgery upcoming, so that certainly is a key factor. But uh, anything else change your mind? Although we haven't seen the team now for the last three or four practices as they're now behind closed doors. Yeah, I mean, I, I think at this point, uh, having, I guess, I went to 11 practices, 12. I'm, I can't remember the number. They all kind of run together. It's so much fun there. Yeah, it's, it was well, – I mean, I will say at least it wasn't that hot. Uh, but, <laughs> like today. Yeah, like today. Uh, but I, at this point, I think I just need to see them play against someone else. Yeah, just the Illinois offense against the Illinois defense for 12 straight days. It, lose, it loses a little something in translation to what might actually happen on the football field. So – I think the Akron game uh, should be a, a good indicator maybe of where the team is at, at least uh, in terms of at the end of August. Uh, because, you know, you know, season opener you know, last year, thoughts were it's going to be a cakewalk, and then it wasn't. I mean, it was still a win, but uh, it would be interesting to see how Illinois comes out ready for the 2019 season. And the year win, you know, just to be fair, they have to win more football games. Right. They're going to win the first three. Just mark them down. Bob is never wrong. I'm, well, I'm wrong sometimes, but I'm not, not going to be wrong this time. They're going to beat Akron probably pretty bad. UConn could be a close game. Maybe not that close. Whoever and has it, the ball last. No. And the third game is Eastern Michigan. It will be a not very competitive game. So, Illinois is going to be 3-0 going into that's Nebraska what, here. That's what Purdue thought last year, well, too. I understand that. But that's a different Eastern Michigan team. That's not nearly the same team. As a year ago. So I think Illinois is going to be 3-0. And then the question is, what's the next nine? So if the next nine is 3-6, and six, that's pretty good. That's six wins. There's a bowl game. That's the ball is rolling. If that next nine is 2-7 and seven or 1-8, then it's a problem. So we'll see where they are. Or, like, these guys were part of this team 2007. You had no idea they were going to win nine games. Thought they'd win more than two because they won two their previous years. But once it got to five, six, seven years, start to think, okay, they're different. And that's, that could happen this year, too. So we'll see. Yeah, I mean, the, the, everyone wants to know, you know, who's going to be the starting quarterback. And it looks right. like Brandon that's Peters done, will yeah. probably be the guy when, when the season gets going. But to me, the biggest question uh, concerning this Illinois football team and in 2019 is how the defense responds right. after one of the worst seasons in, in program history. They're among, among the worst defenses in the country last year. They had trouble stopping the run. 
Uh, they did force some takeaways at times, but teams were just able to gash Illinois repeatedly. And now all the cards are in on, on Lovey Smith. He is the defensive coordinator. There's no one else to, to pass that responsibility to. And uh, obviously you hate to see the loss of Bobby Roundtree right. with, with that spinal injury in mid-May. That's just a devastating blow. And then obviously losing Beeson to a guy that – you were just excited to see on the field with his potential playmaking ability and his speed and athleticism. And, um, yeah, the, the defense just has a lot of question marks that still need to be answered. And, and even if they do perform well, you know, against Akron or UConn or Eastern Michigan, that's all fine and good. But once Big Ten play rolls around and, and Adrian Martinez and Nebraska come to town on September 21st, that's when you really start to know, okay, is this going to be a different Illinois defense this right. year? And, and if it is – then it can be a different different story for this Illinois football team. Yeah, if that game is close, which it could be, if that game's close, it's going to be a completely different feeling in town. And I think then they go to Minnesota the next week or the next game. It's two weeks later. If, the, if that game goes well or better again, we'll see. I think those six to three-point games last year where they get, kept getting killed. Well, the, the thing you, th- you think, back, you think back to last year's, uh, last year's season – they, they won at Rutgers, right. so they're what three and two. They're right. coming in homecoming against Purdue. A lot of buzz, a lot of anticipation. You know, you're thinking, okay, maybe they can get one on, right. on the Boilermakers. It's in Champaign, and heck, then they're at four and two. Maybe a bowl game's in the, in the cards, right. and then Jeff Brom and Purdue comes to town and just obliterates the Illinois defense, and that really kind of set the tone for the the rest of the season. And then uh, they just weren't able to ever get on track and uh, just gave up some huge huge point totals to, to Maryland and Iowa down the stretch and Wisconsin. It was just uh, the defense to me is the real key storyline in, in 2019. If it's not better, then I don't know how they can get to that possible six. Right. Won't matter. Right. If they're not better, they're, they're done. Right. Let's talk a little basketball. Scott Ritchie, Brad Underwood, uh, continually adding to his roster. It looks a lot different than, uh, than April when we talked in front of these fine folks the last time at the Esquire. Yeah, uh, that's college basketball, for, uh, <laughs> uh, where you can add to your roster you know, eight days before the start of the school year. Uh, but uh, I officially announced uh, today uh, the addition of Jacob Grandison, the transfer from Holy Cross. He'll sit out this coming season and have two years of eligibility, uh, just like Austin Hutcherson, uh, the D3 transfer from Wesleyan University in Connecticut. Um, Illinois also has a commitment from uh, Lincoln grad Jermaine Hamlin. He has not signed any of his official paperwork yet, so Illinois has not been able to discuss that. Um, then there's Bernard Kuma's situation where it's, you know, a week until classes start and he has not yet been cleared by the NCAA. Um, no real idea if he will be or not, but Brad Underwood said today that he they're treating it like they expect him to be an Illini, which makes for some interesting scholarship math because then you can't take Jermaine Hamlin because that would be 14. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Uh, I mean, it's not uh, maybe great to not have real clarity on your roster uh, six days before the, the start of the school year, but uh, it's, a, it's a ways until November when they actually have to play a game. So maybe they'll get it figured out. When's the schedule coming out, Scott? I have no idea. I, <laughs> Come on. I, I get asked that once a week minimum. By uh, me. I ask you every day. Yeah. Well, I'm not, I'm not counting you. Oh, okay. But uh, – I'd like to know. There's, what, six games that have been announced by other teams at this point. Uh, so really should only have five more left. I don't see why that would take so long. But uh, when they do, like, I'll be the first to tweet it out or shout it from the rooftops because I, w- I really would like to know. Hopefully that will be in the next few days. We'll wait and see on that. 540 Monday Night Sports Talk. We're in Scotty's Brewhouse. 
Stop by and see us if you're out and about. We'll take a break and be back with more. Stay with us here on DWS. Five forty-three on WDWS Monday Night Sports Talk. Scotty's Brew House in Champaign will be here next week as well. So put that on your day timer or whatever you're using these days, your calendar, and stop by and see us. Lanai Craft Beer Sports Bar, Scotty's Brew House, thirty-six. Count them. Beers on tap to go with over fifty large screen TVs. Football season getting underway, volleyball season not far behind, and the soccer season as well. Janet Rayfield, head coach of the Fighting Illini, is with us. How are you doing, coach? Doing great. You nope. know, that's, I think we get to kick off the sports season. <laughs> no um, pressure. So right, no pressure at all, right? <laughs> yeah, Thursday night, you get it going against Loyola. Talk about your team, what you've seen here in the preseason, and what you're looking forward to. Yeah, you know, um, we've got quite a few starters back, especially on the defensive side. So, you know, we feel pretty good about our defensive leadership um, and, you know, and, and, and our senior class, I think really, um, you know, they came back in and, and we kind of got this high fitness standard that, uh, you know, we set and the seniors said, hey, we're, we're going to meet this as a class. And, and all five of them, goalkeepers kind of have their own thing. So, you know, Jalen met her standard. All five seniors hit a standard that they hadn't really hit before. And I think they just set the, set the tone right there that said, you know, we're going to lead this team. And, um, you know, we're, we want to do things that we haven't done as a program in a, in a while. And um, really excited about the leadership that this senior class has with this team. It's been a good summer for women's soccer in the U.S. What's that do for you guys? Anything? Is there it create interest? Does it add to everything or not? You know, I, I, I hope so. Okay. Um, you look at the numbers around the country in terms of, like, NWSL attendance. Sure. Um, you know, um, every professional soccer team has set record attendance at their venues. Um, just a, a week or so, um, Southern Illinois down in Carbondale had their first game and had almost 3,000 people there. So, um, you know, I really do think that the excitement about women's soccer um, from the summer is really starting to catch a hold and certainly hope that it does so here in Champaign. They got an opening on the national team. Are you going to take that? Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, thanks. Um, you know, I, uh, I think that ship sailed a while ago um, for me. I, I love the college game and, uh, you know, certainly excited for what Jill did for right. the sport and for our country. And, um, you know, they've hired Kate Markgraf as the general manager, okay. and I think she's got the, the – uh, um, auspicious job of trying to find the next coach and uh, good luck to her <laughs> from, to find someone that can, can do what Jill has done um, will be a challenge. Well, Janet, you were over in France earlier this summer for the, the World Cup and obviously you've been at some of the, the pinnacle and the, the greatest you know historic matches in women's soccer history, but what was that experience like and just the atmosphere that was over there in, in France at all? Yeah, you know, it's um, I, I've been really fortunate to be, like you said, at some of the pinnacle games, the Olympics 96 in, in Athens and the 99 World Cup at the Rose Bowl. And, um, you know, the U.S.-France game in Paris, the atmosphere at that game was like no other. I mean, the, the, the World Cup final in 99 in the Rose Bowl, but it was all American fans. Yeah. It was, you know, just this, and, and not a ton of soccer fans, mm -hmm. just, it, you know, the, the wave of that excitement. In Paris at the U.S.-French match, I mean, it was thousands of fans that were fans of the women's game. And, you know, and the, when the national anthems were played, the marketing people did an amazing job. There were 
there was a flag in every seat, um, an American or a French flag, and you traded till you got the flag <laughs> you wanted. And um, when the national anthems were going, you know, the U.S. anthem and the, the American flags were flying and the French anthem, the, the, you know, I got chills. Uh, and even just talking about it can do that. That atmosphere was just incredible. I guess you know, with your team, uh, won 11 matches last season, maybe got back on track a little bit. How do you build off of that success and maybe have a little more? Well, you know, I, I think, um, you know, it was a, a good step for us. Um, but the, the thing that you really, you know, 11 wins doesn't mean anything unless you get into the postseason, really, in the reality of things. And so I think it, um, it was a good step for us. Um, and whether it was good or bad or what it means, that this team is still hungry because there's still something out there that, that they want to be a part of and they want to participate in. And so, you know, I think the next step for us is to, to make sure that, you know, we do the best that we can this season and, and really feel like if we do what we're capable of doing and play the way we can play and, um, and take every moment, um, no matter, you know, kind of our, our, our motto a little bit this year is got to do your best regardless. We may be on our game field. We may be on the new game field we may be um you know it doesn't matter who we're playing doesn't matter where we're playing we just have to be our best on the day and I think if we can do that then we've got an opportunity to to get back into the NCAA tournament and back into the place where this program um expects to be on a regular basis visiting with Janet Rayfield you had a couple of exhibition matches recently what did you learn about your team there yeah you know um you know we scrimmaged the University of Virginia when we were up in Michigan um great opponent um you know two teams that that like to to play and build and um, we had a great match there um you know gave up a couple goals um but I think we really learned that our team can play soccer at that level I mean it was a, a, a back and forth game and I think both teams um you know really it's a real great environment. You know, the, the coaching staff there are, are great colleagues. And so we were able to, to do a lot of things. You know, we, we did some restarts after, you know, we, we did some PKs and some things like that that you don't ordinarily get to do. So really learned a lot about our team. Um, and I think one of the things we learned is that we're really deep. Um, and that's going to be on us as a coaching staff to figure out how we can use that. Um, you know, we looked at a lot of players in those two games and a lot of different plays um, roles and um, I think as we put the pieces of this puzzle together we've got all the pieces that we need and we've got to put them together and put them on the field and let them do their job and, and we can have a really successful season. And for folks that haven't driven down St. Mary's Road uh, this summer there's a lot of construction going on and it affects your program directly. What is the latest status update on when you guys might be able to play on that new field and, and how you guys are just handling that aspect to the season? Yeah, you know, I mean, fortunately, we've got, you know, the game field that we've been playing on that's in great shape. Um, you know, they did a, a really good job of continuing to care for that while they, they constructed the new one. Um, the sod's been laid down on the new game field. It's been in for about three weeks now. Um, you know, really want to give it a full six weeks um, before we start doing much on it. So um, the game plan right now is mid-September. Um, hopefully playing the Big Ten season on the um, on the new game field, um, the practice field, the sod should go down this week. So, you know, another six weeks before we probably move and start training on that um, on that field. And the building is supposed to be started. They've leveled that and they'll start construction on that, um, you know, this week, I think. So um, it's an exciting time. It's going to be a, a, a an interesting season, you know, um, you know, for the fans, I think one of our, our promos is going to be construction day and we'll give out some hard hats. So, you know, you might want to um, bring your hard hat, bring your long chair this season. But, you know, the, the thing about it is um, I think the thing we just keep looking at is what it means for this program long-term. And, um, you know, we're going to go through some, 
um, challenges this season while we build something that is really representative of this program and of Illini athletics and, and where they're going and, and the level and of quality and excellence that's expected. And, and we're excited about what that's going to mean for us. It's been just a couple of years ago since you were a player. <laughs> Thanks, play, Steve. I really appreciate that. This is just a couple, but uh, but you did play for a national in a national championship match. You won a national championship in North Carolina. Talk about that experience and and what you tell your players about something like that. Yeah, you know, I think really fortunate again. You know, that my timing in this sport has been um, pretty fortuitous, and um, you know, I won the first, last, and only AIAW National Championship in women's soccer and the very first NCAA Women's National Championship. And, um, you know, to be to do anything for the first time I think is amazing. But, you know, to, to say you've won a national championship in, in any collegiate sport I think is phenomenal. And, um, you know, to understand, you know, I think what I, I try to impart to the players is that, that um, you know, everything that you do um, – it's hard and you know it's a challenge and to put yourself out there to go for something like that there's no guarantees um and and it's not always about um the actual championship that makes the experience and um it, it's really about going through um what it takes to try and win a national championship with a group of people that you would just do anything for and um if you can have that kind of mentality and you go for it whether you end up with that championship or not um, it's an experience that you'll remember for the rest of your life. Do you whip out some old video to show your uh, players of their coach in action? Not unless they've got like a beta or a VHS or something, you know. Um, I, I'm not, thankfully, the videos of us playing back then, somebody posted on social media the picture of us in the national champion before the game in the national championship final. We're playing in Keenan Stadium, the UNC football stadium. We hosted the. Um, the AIW National Championship and, um, you know, it's the uniforms and whatnot are relatively embarrassing as, <laughs> as we speak. So, uh, you know, hopefully there's no video of much of that. So Thursday night, first match against Loyola, what, and you'll play several matches before Big Ten play, but quickly, how do you size up the Big Ten this year? You know, I, competitive is the, the best word I can say for that. You know, um, there are, um, there's no... There's no game in the in the Big Ten that's not going to be a dogfight. And, um, you know, I think we have to be ready for that. I think we have to be ready for every single game to be a fight from the start to the finish. Um, you know, certainly there are, are teams like Penn State that have a history and, um, you know, have an incredible recruiting class coming in. Um, but I don't think there's a team in the Big Ten that's not going to be competitive. And, um, you know, I think that's – we just have to go at it one game at a time. Um, you know, we've got – Penn State, Ohio State, Wisconsin, Minnesota at the end of our Big Ten season. Those are, you know, five of the teams picked to be in the top six or seven. And But we can't look ahead to that because if we haven't done the job when we get there, it won't matter. So we really, really do have to address this Big Ten season one game at a time and the first one being Northwestern when they come here. And, you know, that could very well be the first game on our new game field. I'm going to let a little secret out about your one game at a time mentality. You had to look it up to see who was who you were playing <laughs> this weekend, right? <laughs> So, so you can you can tell my athletes. I really do look one game at a time. I had to to get my schedule to remember who the opponent was on Sunday. Um, you know, but I think it is. You know, I've been focused on can we be the best we can be on August twenty second, and um, and and knowing that you know we've got an opponent coming in there, and and I think that's what right now that's what we have to focus on. We just have to be our best on Thursday, and then we have to get better between Thursday and Sunday, and we have to be our best again on Sunday, and. 
Um, it's so hard because I know this senior class wants that NCAA tournament berth as bad as, as they've wanted a lot. And But if they focus on that, it's going to be much harder for them to get that. If they can focus on making their teammates better, if they can focus on carrying this team in a positive way and taking every challenge and um, every – moment, uh, things that we do right, keep doing those things that we do wrong, try to correct it. If we can just stay in the process, I think, then um, that, then they've got a chance to do what they want to do. Best of luck to you. Appreciate your time. We'll talk to you along the way. Absolutely. Thank you guys for having me. You've got Janet Rayfield, Illini soccer coach. We need to take one final break. We'll do that and be back with more here at Scotty's Brewhouse after this. About a minute before 6 o'clock here on WDWS Champaign-Urbana, Scotty's Brewhouse is the site of tonight's show and next week's show as well. We'd love to see you out here. Scott Ritchie awaits the basketball schedule. Bob Ostbuston awaits college football kickoff. What about you, Matthew? What's uh, good for whatever, you? Whatever my daughter tells me to do tonight when I get home. So there we go. There you go. Four-year-old <laughs> daughter controls the house. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks to Janet Rayfield along with Kevin Mitchell, Justin Harrison, a couple of former Illini football standouts. We'll talk to you again uh, later in the week and then hear from Scotty's Brewhouse a week from tonight on WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Have a good rest of your night and a good week, everybody. Thank you. WDWS Champaign-Urbana.